Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. Arthur the King by Graham Fife, with music by Stephen Foe. Part 1 Merlin, with Keith Baxter as Arthur, man and boy, Anna Massey as Morgan Le Fay, and Paul Schofield as Merlin the Magician. and of your honour at this table round in glad company with your high king and his lady the queen be seated and to meet this holy tide of epiphany. Amen. Amen. Veni sancti spiritus da virtutis meritum da salutis exitum da perene guardium. Let the door of hall be shut nor any man nor woman enter. And what does Arthur know in his feasting of the sleeplessness I endured last night and will tonight and every night of this century and the next? Snow up to my hips among the forest wolves Icicles in my hair and hunger chewing at me like a rat in my belly. Look at me, skulking near his gate, pilfering scraps of warmth from his guard fire. Merlin, his Merlin, who could spit flames, snap fire out of my fingers' ends. Bones crack like dry twigs now. These hands that once tore blazing wheels in the black night as it were shards of hot glass. Has his priests now, Arthur, and his court, his sanctuary and church and polished fire dogs, while I shiver party to the garble of a million leafless branches, chitter-chatter, 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 and the tinkling of starry tinsel up there by the moon. Merlin stole my brother, stole Arthur from Morgan, 
who would have taught him more than Merlin taught him? We, Merlin. Intolerable. Wonder. An army of knights ride across the night sky, countless fiery numbers of them, brandishing their lances tipped with sparks at me. His knights, his great king, Arthur's, and they roar, go down and starve among the forest beast, Merlin and Hoot, like screech owls, I hear them. And oh, that other voice, scuffed out of brass, threading in and out the wind. I dare not utter whose, if it is a voice. Oh yes, a voice. And I know it, not just the wind. Come nearer the fire with me, into the circle of light. Disguised, you see, <laughs> as an apple tree, <laughs> invisible, intriguing. And Arthur and Guinevere chirruping with priests. I made him. The unmaking, he performed himself. Ah. In my birth, too, there was enchantment. I was dipped in flame and cooled at once in a wind straight off the ice for my tempering. Wisdom, insight, all that, magical powers, intellect. My mother never had relations with a man, never. A spirit. Part human, part angel, visited her, visited, in secret, innocently, in Kyamurthin, reached the ears of Vortigern the king, Vortigern the tyrant. Child Merlin, Lord King. Merlin? Him we told you of, Lord King. Fatherless? Just so, Lord King. They say you have no father, child Merlin. Your magicians say? My magicians say, and you? And do they say, your magicians, that my blood sprinkled on the tottering footings of your palace will stop your palace from crashing to the ground? My magicians? And do they also say, it is because your palace stands upon a pool, which only my flesh and blood will thicken and make steady as a rock foundation. My magicians... Are liars and fools. And what do they say lies below the pool? Your magicians. As if I didn't know. Lord King. Well, what do they say, my magicians? Nothing lies below the pool, Lord King, except more pool. Obviously, water and more water goes under water. As in air. A qualibet fluid stagnum in Drain the pool. But, 
drain? Drain? <laughs> drain the pools. And there will be two hollow stones. And in the hollow stones, two dragons sleeping. The one white and the other red. And this is why the building shudders. This is why the kingdom rocks. And the dragons roused will fight. And the white dragon will defeat the red. Which is to say, you, King Vortigen. Red is your fury now. Nor can you leave the dragons be to sleep. For in their sleep, they, as they turn and resettle and grunt, in most growful stutter, and will, until they wake. Now tell me, in the bloody roar of dragons, and the stink of molten pitch gargling off their tongues, if I am not right... It was my first encounter with kings, and was I not right? For never is a time when dragons do not lie a gruntle sleeping underfoot in the hollow bones of earth. Listen. Weep, Arthur, born in trickery, born out of a dragon, Pendragon, Uther, Pendragon, mewling at me like a green boy. Merlin, Merlin, die if I don't have her, got to have her, I'll go to pieces. Itching for Egraine, most beautiful woman in Britain, inconveniently married to Gorlois, Duke of Cornwall. Kings, no, not no. Had to have her. Would have her. If I had stopped it then. The whole calamity. Conceived in lust. Perpetuated in lust. Merlin, imp of the devil abracadabra man. Colored puffs of smoke man. Man, man. But there is, alas, this about my magic. I can read the future, and I can unmake and remake the present, but when I'm engaged upon the one, I cannot do the other. I cannot reach both ways. The past, the past is of no interest. Anyone can claim the past and remake it entire. Most do. Give me, Egraine, he pleaded. Undo the present wizard, Merlin, he begged. Oh, yes, I thought. Undo her girdle and your breeches. Merlin, do you hear me? I will have her. It bodes no good, death. No good, for out of it will come... In high tintagel, perched like a royal jewel falcon she is, glinting eye and proud silk plumage, full-gorged. Get me in there, Merlin, 
race your devious brain up into the lofty spirals of the hawkish hair and get me in there, in her. <laughs> I am, it seems, fated to squeeze frenzy of one sort or another out of dragons of one sort or another. Very well, Lord King Uther. No longer Uther, but in shape and exact form Gorlois, Duke of Cornwall, husband of his wife, in so very similar a verisimilitude, not even he could tell the difference. Now, go. go, go, go. And so he did. Across the causeway, joining Tintagel to Britain, wind keening like a banshee for Gorlois moribund honour. Way below, the sea's white teeth gnashing like hounds at the ankles of the cliff, through the stout gate, past sputtering cressets, down the long passage, rushes muffling the echo, nervous twitch of the latch into her bedchamber, into her bed, into her, and groan out the vowels of your rapturous alphabet into her astonished ear. You took her in, she took you in, and made you... Arthur. As of course I knew and why I'll send you. All my doing. From start to finish, to make a son from the loins of Uther Pendragon, to put, finally, everything right. Secure the kingdom. Arthur, undisputed king, I told him, do with her. But this son of your ado, Uther, oh yes, there'll be a son into my keeping for my nurture and instruction, lodged with me, away from kings, till the time comes. Very well, the golden age, all my doing. <laughs> your doing, your doing, your doing, fool. No. Leave me be, tormentrix. Homunculus Merlin either can do magic or can look into the future. Either can make glass and break it, presumably, or can look through it, but cannot do both. Not both. One or else the other at the same time. Ah. <laughs> Can't do both, Merlin. Ah. <laughs> Try again. Speak fire, Merlin, and I will put it out to your raging furnace. My breath... As thin as I were long years asleep, and it would hardly miss a crystal over. Fire and flame, Merlin. You know my fire and flame. Leave me be. <laughs> Disguised as an apple tree, toasting the dry bark of your shins at the dying embers. Ah! Remember, Merlin? What I tell you stirs up a memory, raking up my fire and flame. Uh, Stole Arthur from me. I would have taught him. Your golden age. F 
fool's gold, Merlin. Ah! <laughs> Thunder! Too slow, Merlin. The wind is not yours. I ride the wind. See, rouse up the monsters from your bed and rash in over the surf drifts and the gravel beaches. Nimue, come, Nimue of the Chamber of Glass. undo your clumsy, thick-fingered magic, Merlin. The ministrations of my sweet messenger of allure. Come, Nimue. And say to Merlin. No. And say to Merlin as fire and flame burn bright in the chamber of glass. Sun, moon, and torch fire and flame. Lock him up tight. Lock him and wall him away so that when he speak, none shall hear. And when he try his magic, none shall move. But when he delve into the misery of his memory, it will be pin-sharp and many-faceted and lucid to torment him forever and forever. still. How take my power from me? Not take your power, Merlin. No more than separate it. Split in two like apple tree, cleft with lightning. <laughs> and mended with balm and theriac and gentle warbling of birds and music. Ah, oh, Merlin sundered. Are you back together now? Your poor frailty mended. Nimue. Nimue, save me from her. Save me. From whom? From whom save you, Merlin? From her, Morgan Le Fay. Ah, Merlin. Your plodding, conjuring tricks useless without flame and fire, Merlin. The choice, choice, choice. The choice, Merlin. Tell Arthur the choice. He will not listen. He will not listen. Failed then, Merlin. Failed. <laughs> the choice, Merlin, to tell Arthur. Arthur, the choice. Barons and lords, princes and chieftains of Britain, Uther Pendragon is dead, with no heir or issue. No! Listen. It is for you to choose a king. 
by God's will as it is revealed. I called them. I summoned them by Christmas. To an oak grove it should have been. The archbishop would have the cathedral. In an oak grove they would hear the name whispered in the rustling leaves. So it was a cathedral setting for the wonder, hocus pocus. Yes, the wonder. But you know all about that. Sword in stone. Aha. Uh -huh. Hocus pocus, druid. Mind what you say. Ah, you priests of God. Of almighty God, maker of heaven and earth, who speaks to us, his children, in the voice of thunder. And where do you suppose the thunder comes from? Have a care. Well, priest. Here. Blasphemy. Ah. Be warned, Druid. By you, priest? Priest, by God. And what powers do you have? Keep your hands apart. Retrome, satane. What is that? Go and see if you cannot divine. No one is stopping you. Go and see. Let all hear what is written here. Whoso pulleth out this sword of this stone and anvil is rightwise king born of all Britain. And so it is, and so it shall be, in God's name, by God's will. The test is not proved, not till others try. He is too young. Look at him. A wealth. The test is not of his age. Arthur, alone son of Sir Hector of the Wetlands, unaided, drew the sword and is king. Not son of Hector, holy archbishop. Son of Uther Pendragon. Got on a grain who was wife, as you will know, of Gorlois, Duke of Cornwall. It is no secret now, nor should it be. Hector, your future king was given to the care of a lord faithful to the old king. Yes, it is true. Arthur is not of my blood. He was in my guardianship only. At whose bidding? Yours. Mine. And Uther's. And mine. Arthur, I am Ygraine, your mother. Flesh, blood, name, your mother. Thanks be to God. Come, boy. Arthur, why do you cry? Your dead father? You are a king. You have his kingdom to make yours now. She will tell you. Arthur will be king. None but him can draw the sword, and he has done so. It belongs to him, the sword, the kingdom, your fealty, all... Belong to Arthur, son of Uther, son of the dragon chief of Britain. Swear allegiance, each and several, you who will be his best knights and his lords closest to him, to knit together the scattered puissance of this kingdom into one power, Arthur the Kings, 
the king with you, his true knights and Britons, or else go off the lot of you and squabble over his leavings like a croucher burglars. Boy, mere boy, no high blood in him. King, <laughs> I must stoop to him. He may draw a sword, but can he use one, eh, boy? Neil. Neil! Kneel or I'll cut your knees like fennel stalks and leave you no option but to kneel in your own blood and swear loyalty to mine. Kneel! And swear. If I am not willing, the oath is worthless. And are you not willing? No. Then be my enemy and go. And the rest of you, who will be my enemy, go and expect me. And to the rest, Arthur the King. Long live Arthur the King. sword of taking your kingdom. A sword for the keeping of it. Sword fit for a king. A king. A king. Not a king, Arthur, but king of Britain, protected of Merlin. Of Merlin, who will instantly mark, usher aside the mists and show his Arthur there, the lakeside. And in the glass waters of the lake where the sun's rays drip like honey into iced wine, Arthur, King of Britain, will see his sword for the keeping of the kingdom, sharper than lion's claw, adamant as dragon's scale, brighter hued than gloss of raven's wing, with ring of its steel to set a wolf's teeth on edge. So... It is yours. Mine. The lake damsel's hand will render it to none but you. Wade out to her. Go on. Is it shallow? To my chest only. Ah, the water is ten fathoms deep where you stand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wade on. Eh. Well, the water is freezing all of a sudden. Take the sword. Yes. Hands. Caledwolf, the sword is called. Hard steel. Caledwolf? Excalibur? Not Excalibur. Caled. Excalibur. Excalibur. As I say it. A sneeze is a good omen, and my name for my sword 
my sword that will draw blood from the wind that will fall swifter than dewdrop in June when the dew is heaviest. Ha <laughs> ha! Excalibur! And if you had to choose? Choose? Between sword and scabbard? Between sword that will cut any steel and so long as you wield it make your power its power? And scabbard that so long as you wear it none can wound you nor take any blood of you, not a drop. Which would you choose? Sword. Sword! Then, Arthur, you choose ill. Ordinary power such as any rapscallion might pluck down like a dry leaf in autumn and crumple to tatters between his fingers. Easy one. You made me choose. I would have both. You cannot have both, man, woman. King, queen, separate. Now that is odd. My sister, Morgan, said quite the opposite. Morgan, she is mischief. Do you think that? Why, her hair stays raven black. I will have both, Merlin. I am the king. With you, I will have sword and scabbard. No choosing. But you did choose. You did say so. You chose, and badly. Shied away from what is... Dark and hard one, sheath that swallows blade. Woman that swallows man. Morgan. No. Yes. Both. Ha! Lightning comes from cloud. Yes. Like sword from scabbard. I know what you're going to say. And which should a king take, lightning or cloud, for the securing of his kingdom? It's a trick question. Like yours. The answer is both. But since you say I cannot have both, you cook me your magic in the vapors of cloud that none other can penetrate, the nebulous inclarities, and I shall wield the lightning. Excalibur! Excalibur! The choice. The choice had to be made. Who says so? You. Partly. Then partly not you. Partly. I cannot draw together the two halves of your power, Arthur, if you will not. The power in knowing, not doing. Yours to know, mine to do, which I do best. Ah. Which for all your knowing, you know nothing about. Ah. Only, I need. Your other knowing. When it suits you. No, when it's needed. And who is to know when it's needed? You. Then know this, Arthur, the king by my guidance, that in the final battle near the blue stones on the open plain, your own son, called after the mordant serpent's tooth for his treacherous biting and for his mordra murder, will stand arrayed against you. Know it, because I know it. And he will be born on May Day. Know it. Son, then I will have no son. Here will be my son of bright steel. What 
king will have no son. I will have no son, as my father knew no son. For the kingdom. Not the kingdom, Merlin. My kingdom. My kingdom. By my swords. Of the stone. Of the lake. Excalibur. Born to one. Would have no son. Ah! He cast his lust out like any angler rod into pool. On fair Lionors and got Borrow, later night. On his half-sister Margot's Queen of Orkney, and for her sons, his nephews Gawain, Gaheris, Agravain, and Gareth, got a half-brother bastard born on May Day, Mordred, who came on a bright morning like green shoot in spring. In fresh May, when buds split and unpeel their husk, and May-dew pearls dainty the grass, prinked with cowslip and lady smock, when maidens twine their coloured ribbons about the slender stem, at dancing, at singing, and at tryst in greenwood, where the badger sets to cluck of woodcock at giggling twilight, lovers warm again, Oiling the seer months, uncreaking the cramps of winter, while Merlin stands by, feet a paddle in the wash of May tide. Merlin that never knew the whispering at moth time, but feels this season instead like January, sharing his narrow bed with cold cunning. On May Day born, the dragon's tooth, Mordred. In May, when lovers recall old gentleness, I told him, I told him, I told him. Bring them, the children, everyone born on May Day, every lord's son, bring them by ship, by sea, on pain of death, to me in Caerleon. And from every corner they were sent, from Margos in Orkney, Mordred, and the ship carrying them round the coast drove fast against a rock and sank and drowned them all. All, all drowned. All save Mordred, who was saved. And like his father, cared for by another until he came boy into man himself and was brought to court like Arthur his father before him, to wait. The blame of all the innocents lost, they laid on me. no son of his own. Merlin, only memory, shrunk in thought like flame into ember, 
Yes, but not even you can destroy memory of me, Morgan Le Fay, jealous. Jealous? As dry of seed as Merlin. Old lust scabs us like cold sores. Weep, Morgan Le Fay, for your dead prince, Acalon of Gaul, killed by Arthur. For dead Acalon, slain by your brother, your love, who never more comes naked to your bed. Even with Arthur's sword you stole and gave him, killed by him, my Arthur, weep. For dead Acheron, Morgan Le Fay, weep. <laughs> weep for them. Arthur stood high in courage, prowess, fortitude but could not stand against the enchantment that nature laced in him. Like Uther before him, sweating across the narrow bridge below Tintagel for Egraine of Cornwall. Guenever of Cornwall, Merlin, Guenever, white phantom, maiden of yellow hair, long and curling, Guenever, Merlin. Yes, my lord, King Arthur. I must take a wife, you tell me. I do. And I have decided. I have chosen. Yes. Whenever hawk-like her eyes and blue-starred, like mountain foxglove her deep lake cheeks. Yes, yes. Teeth white as new-fallen snow, lips of coral. Once upon a time, only kings of Jerusalem were poets too. I will have her and I will take her because I will take her because no one will make or not make me take there her. Ah, others. Then others can have them. I will have her in flame-colored mantle, pearl-white tunic, ruddy gold gorget glinting at her throat. Then hear this. Having Guenever, she will seem yours but not be yours. She will be as reflection in mirror, perfect and beyond reach. You speak like a hermit staring at the moon in a pool. It is not necessary to do to know. I told you. Yes, and I tell you that Leodegrams, her father, had of Uther Pendragon, my quondam father, the round table, which he will send with her to me for the kingdom, at which conceit one hundred and fifty of my knights. And at Guenever will sit but one and not you, one closer to your heart in fealty and love, and closer to the order of your kingdom than any other. Even than you ever mistakenly thought Guenever close to you that never was closer than the sun is to the earth it warms, except to him. It is her beauty beguiles you, and better that beauty were locked away in high tintagel and the key dropped into the spuming jaws of the sea. I will have her.
feasted at his symbol of royalty, her gift, and took her to his bed, wherein he laid out all the kingdom, his gift. Merlin, Merlin. No, temptrix. Devil, don't torment me. You call me devil? I loved you, damsel of the lake. Only you, only ever you, Nimue. Twist your tongue up, loathsome, speaking my name. Ah! Go under earth and water into your straight bed of rock, between walls of rock, hemmed over by ceiling of rock, damp as your grey, rutting sweat. And remember, in whose name you languish the long murring of your impotence. No! In hard rock tombed in. In hard rock tombed in, Merlin. Thief of my brother's destiny. My destiny. Arthur, beware the woman. And Morgan, who will steal the sword and scabbard and Lancelot of his manhood. Beware for the kingdom. Tongue a fire-brown dead leaf. Throat a moistless pipe. Your words flutter like blind moths seeking a way out. No way out. Arthur! Hear me! Beware! Hear me! You are but phantom now, Merlin. Nimue's bed would have made you immortal and rendered her a dying thing. But you must know that. You are both phantoms. You in the world of dark, she in the world of light. Your fire dwindles, Merlin, and will thin out to a tininess of candle flame and expire. You will live, but in transparency as of glass, shone through by sunset and sunrise, and pale Electric of the moon. Heard of none. None. Howled at by wolves. The sound giddies away like fugitive Merlin, chasing trick of the cloud up, up, up into the blue sky and lost. Lost. Merlin Lost <laughs> In Merlin Part one of Arthur the King by Graham Fife. Paul Schofield played Merlin the Magician, with Keith Baxter as Arthur, man and boy, and Anna Massey as Morgan Le Fay. Jill Lidston was Merlin the Child, Tara Dominic, Nimue, Michael Kilgariff, Sir Kay, Michael Graham Cox, King Vortigen, James Green, Uther Pendragon, and John Moffat, the Archbishop with Brian Miller, Simon Treves, and Vincent Brimble. The music is by Stephen Foe. Arthur, the King, 
is directed by John Powell. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.